coming to you from the Woodland Baptist Ministry Center, home of the Woodland Baptist Church, on the 23rd of October, 2022. Been there. I'm glad to be here with you today. You don't know me. But I have something that I want to share with you. Almost 70 years of age now, and I've seen quite a bit of life. My name is David. You may be familiar with stories about me. But I'm here to share something that's been on my heart. I grew up in a family in the area of Bethlehem. Uh, the youngest brother of eight of us. That was quite an experience. I wouldn't say I got picked on. Okay, I got picked on. I was the youngest. But it was a good family. A God-fearing family. And I'm thankful to have it as mine. I wanted to share this morning a little bit about my background so that it would have some significance to you when I get to the point of why I'm here this morning. I was tasked as... The youngest, over time, I got to be a shepherd, working in the fields, watching the flocks, caring for uh, my family's holdings that way. And so I got to reflect on many things while I was out there caring for the sheep. I got to reflect on my relationship with my God gave me plenty of opportunities. I picked up an instrument along the way, a harp, a little portable harp, and, and that led to other things. That led to me writing songs. And I reflected on my life with my God in music. It was a good life. And I had a richness of fellowship with the Lord. And I wanted to tell you this morning that richness of fellowship with our Lord is something to be treasured. Something to be treasured. I had lots of experiences as a young man. First 20 years of my life saw me not only as a shepherd and a songwriter, but I got to experience several other things. While I was out caring for the sheep, I got to see the Lord carefully watch over me and help me to protect the sheep by taking out both a lion and a bear that came to attack the flock. And my Lord gave me victory. Oh, how great is my God. 
How great is my God? You can imagine the stories that I had to tell when I came back in after caring on those nights. But as I reflected on my job and my Lord, I thought of putting some of this to song. Maybe you're familiar with it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside those cool, still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Well, one thing led to another word of my musical playing and singing and songwriting led to a job right into the court of Saul. And I got to see the Lord's at work in that too. For when Saul, the king, would have a fit. They would call me in and I would play and the Lord would use that music to calm him and restore him. Like I said, I had an opportunity to defend the sheep with, against the lion and against the bear and one day, when our nation was at war against the Philistines, Dad had sent me off to the front lines where my oldest three brothers uh, were involved in the battle. And when I got to the battlefield, I noticed there wasn't a lot of fighting going on. But there was a challenger. Someone told me his name was Goliath. He was huge. But the thing that really bothered me was that he was challenging not only us, but he was challenging our God. And no one was doing anything about it. I finally went to some of the soldiers and said, why aren't we doing anything? And we ought to go and fight that man. They end up bringing me before the king. I said, I'll fight him. Nobody else wants to do it. I'll fight him. 
miss it. You're just a kid. What do you know? Well, I told him about the bear. I told him about the lion. I said, if God can give those into my hand, he can give me this, this soldier who is breathing out threatenings against us and our God. King tried to put on his armor on me. <laughs> it didn't fit. So I went out against him. I think they thought, well, if, if, uh, if I lost, um, they could just say, well, I was a kid. I wasn't really a soldier. And who knows, maybe I could win. Though I don't think anybody thought that. But do you know what was in my heart? This man is speaking against my God. And I know my God. He is great. He is mighty. He is powerful. And it wasn't so much me. But my prayer at that time was that God would gain the victory and get the glory. And if you know this story, you know that's exactly what happened. I picked some smooth stones out of the brook, went up against him. He laughed at me. But that didn't last long. For I got that sling going and let fly that missile and hit him in the forehead, took him down. I went out running towards him. I didn't have a sword, so I took his own sword and took his head. We had victory that day, and the Philistines fled. I don't tell you this story because I, I want your accolades. That isn't why I'm telling you that story. I'm just telling you about how good it is to be in fellowship with God and see him work in your life and to see him at work that day. Wow. I wish I could say that that was a glorious time and things only got better. <laughs> But it didn't. People started talking about how I had been a victor greater than the king. And Saul wasn't a happy camper at all. I didn't tell you earlier on that, that Samuel had come to me. We actually had come to our home. Saul had been picked to be king by the people. He was head and shoulders above most of the rest, and the people looked up to him, and they thought he would make a good king. He wasn't all that good a king. He didn't really have a heart for God. Samuel came to our house one day and told us that he was going to anoint one of us to be the new king. It would be God's choice. And I wasn't there at the time. I was out caring for the sheep. 
And each one of my brothers came before Samuel, and Samuel thought, oh, this would make a great king, this would make a great king. And one after another one, the Lord said no. The Lord told Samuel that he didn't look on the outward appearance, he looked at a man's heart. And when they had gone through my other brothers, Samuel asked if there was another, and they called me in. And I was anointed king. Didn't say anything then. Kept that pretty much close to me. But after Goliath had been taken out, I tried to return back to Saul and ministering to him in music. And, and again, he was overcome. I don't know if it was Satan or what. He tried to kill me. And I fled from his presence. And for the next 10 years, I was out in the wilderness away from the king, away from the family. I was able to gather around me some other men, and we did the mission for the kingdom. We fought some of the enemies of, of our nation. I never could turn my back on Saul. Why? Because even though he wasn't a, a godly man, he was God's anointed after chasing us around the hillside, Saul came one day and the men and I were back in the cave and Saul came and, and uh, stepped into the cave and went to get some rest in the shade of the cave. And my men whispered to me, this is your opportunity. God has given you your enemy into your And I crept forward and I cut a little piece of cloth off the hem of his garment and backed into the cave. After a while, Saul got up and left when he was at a distance. I called out to him and I said, Saul, I, I could have had your life. I feel bad about cutting your clothes, but I want you to know that I'm not your enemy even though you're mine. The men couldn't understand. But I said, no, he's, he's God's anointed. And God was still with me. One day, in one of the battles, we heard that my good friend, Jonathan, Saul's son, and Saul were killed in battle. And I wept. I wept for both of them. One, my good son, my good friend, and the other one, my king. And it wasn't long before some men came to me and said, it's time for you to be king. And they made me king over Judah. But you know, it was another seven years 
before the kingdom was united and the faction that had broken off because of Saul was reunited with those that had anointed me king and I was made king. I would go on to serve a total of 40 years as king. Again, I, I tell you this not not to blow my own horn, not to make a big deal of, of who I am. But because of what happened after that. Because I think there are a lot of people, maybe some of you, have gone along trying to live your Christian life, trying to be a follower of God. And then you have failed. And you wonder if there would ever be a place of restoration. My story, you may know, was one where I had uh, I had beaten most of the enemies. We had subdued a lot of those that had come up against the kingdom. And I just want to warn you this. While fellowship with the Lord is something to be greatly treasured, Sin can ensnare any saint. Sin can snare any saint. You would have thought after all that I had experienced growing up, being a hymn writer, talking about how great the Lord is in the life, seeing his hand in my life working in so many powerful ways that I would be immune. But I wasn't. And one day, probably I should have been in battle, but I had lingered back in Jerusalem. I looked down over the city. As most of you know, it's pretty and I looked down from the high point and here was a woman bathing on the roof didn't know her name at the time you know her by the name of Bathsheba I lusted after her I called her up to my place and I had relations with her and I sent her home That would have been horrible enough. But unrepented sin can lead to further sin. And that's what happened in my life. I got word after a while that Bathsheba was pregnant. Her husband was out in battles, serving. 
And I tried to cover up my sin by having Uriah, her husband, come back from the war to give a report. He gave a report, but that was just guys on my part. I was hoping that he would go home to his wife and he would be with his wife and then the pregnancy could be hidden. Do you know what that guy did? He said, I can't go home. All the fellow soldiers that I'm with are out in battle. I, I, I can't go home and have pleasure with my wife. I can't tell you what that did to me. <clears throat> my plan had failed. Remember I said, unrepentant sin can lead to further sin. It wasn't just enough that I tried to cover up, but when he wouldn't do what I wanted him to do, I sent him back to battle with a message to his captain and said, put him in the front of the battle and then pull back. <coughs> Therefore exposing him. And sure enough, it worked. Uriah was murdered by the enemy, but it was all my doing. After an appropriate length of time, I invited Bathsheba back to my home and made her my wife. Not a high point in my life. And I share it with you and all the stuff that happened before so that you could see how great the contrast Walking with God, seeing his hand in my life, glorying in and reveling in that relationship, now to the place where I had turned my back on the Lord's commands and directions, gone and done my own thing. I had taken this woman who wasn't mine, I had killed her husband. Even reflecting now on what I had done, my heart is sick. You would have thought that as I reflected on this, because some time went on, that I would have repented. The Holy Spirit would bring about conviction and that would be it. I would just take care of business and get right with the Lord, but that didn't happen. And one day, one of the prophets made an appointment to come and see me. And he shared a story with me. It was a story about a rich man and a poor man. 
the rich man had lots. He had servants and he had he had animal sheep and the poor man was just he and his family and one little sheep. They, they loved it. I don't know what its name was, but they cared for it. It was a treasure to them. And Nathan said, a guest came from out of town to visit the rich man and the rich man wanted to provide a meal for him. And so the rich man says, well, let's, uh, let's kill one of the sheep and prepare it and, and prepare a meal for my guest. And instead of taking one out of his great flock, he took that one from the poor man. And I was ticked. This man had no right to do that. And I wanted him judged. I wanted him to pay the, the greatest price. As Nathan shared the story about this insensitive rich man who would do such a despicable thing. And Nathan turned to me and said, Thou art the man. You talk about a knife to the heart. Everything that I had thought, everything that I had done, all came flooding over me. I captured some of my thoughts at that time in one of the songs that I had written. Here's a couple lines from that song. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Don't wait for the Lord to rebuke you. Don't wait for it. If you sin, and you probably will, move quickly to repentance. Move to have that relationship restored. I confessed my sin to God. as I did he was gracious I said have mercy on me O God according to your steadfast love according to your abundant mercy blot out my transgressions wash me thoroughly from my iniquity cleanse me from my sin for I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight.
so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. And I share with you my story this morning because maybe you're at that point. Maybe there is an, a sin in your life, a choice that you've made that has taken you away from your God. And the Holy Spirit is already graciously convicting you. But I can tell you from my own testimony that the richness of the fellowship that I had with the Lord when broken by sin makes for the anguish of the soul greater because the contrast is so great. What you have and what you don't have. I cried out to God to cleanse me. And you know what? This is the part that I most wanted to share with you. He forgave me. Didn't mean the consequences of my sins were wiped away. The consequences of my sin came to linger over me all the rest of my days. But I found out one thing. The Lord desires restored fellowship. I wrote in another place. Blessed is the one whose transgressions is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, in whom spirit there is no deceit. I acknowledge my sin to you. It didn't cover my iniquity. Well, eventually, I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. My word to you this morning, for one who has been there, is to keep your relationship with the Lord fervent and hot. It's a treasure worth seeking after. But if you sin, and you probably will, quickly repent. Quickly repent. Get back in God's graces again. Well, he is gracious. He doesn't judge us according to our sin. We would all be wiped out. But get back into right relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage you and tell you that he wants it more than you want it. And to me, we're back to that first point that I gave you, the richness 
A fellowship with the Lord is something to be treasured. Pursue it. Seek after it. May words of exhortation also be words of encouragement to you this morning. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the life that we have in you. And you daily load us up on with benefits. Let us not lightly put them aside. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would be gracious and merciful to each one here who have heard these words today and if they are troubled by failure or sin in their life, that Heavenly Father, that we quickly make it right, knowing that you will forgive them and restore to them the joy of their salvation. And we give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for letting me share with you this morning.